Hey everybody, welcome back to Stuff You Don't Need to Know. This is Jay, and for the first time in 2020, I'm going to be opening the doors to Black Belt Theater. And I'm going to be presenting a film that I think... I think it's going to be uh, an instant classic. Uh, If you are a fan of martial arts films, especially of this series, you definitely need to go out and check it out. So that being said, the film I'm talking about today in Black Belt Theater is Ip Man 4, the finale. So... Fair warning, this movie is still out in theater, so if you have not seen it yet, uh, I'm going to try to keep the spoilers light, I'll be honest. Um, but uh, there will be some spoilers for it. But, you know, if you really enjoy this series, you know, you're, you're coming here to see Donnie Yen, you're coming here to see, see the action, um, and some good storytelling as well. But uh, I don't think I'm really going to spoil too, too much for everybody. Um, I'm just really going to talk about this film and why I think you should go out and check it out. Um, this is the first Ip Man film that I actually saw in the theaters. Uh, way back when, when this series started, uh, I did have a chance, uh, I was going to have a chance to see the first Ip Man uh, for whatever reason. Uh, I don't know, whoever I was with wanted to see something else. I'm not quite sure. But um, the first three films, uh, you know, I saw, you know, either streaming or, or on DVD. Um this is the first Ip Man that I saw in the theaters. And let me tell you something, it doesn't disappoint. Donnie Yen is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I mean, he, to me, right now in in Asian martial arts cinema, I mean, I think he's probably one of the biggest names out there. That being said, you know, as of, as of this recording, he is, I believe, 55 or 56 years old. Uh, he's still going strong. Don't get me wrong. Um... When this film did start, there wasn't a lot of Ip Man action, uh, you know, not seeing a lot of Donnie Yen in the beginning. I was a little worried about that, thinking, you know, are they trying to, are they trying to kind of pass the torch here to, to somebody else? Um, but don't worry about it. You know, um, this film, <clears throat> this film's, uh, about 105 minutes long. So, you know, uh, a little more than an hour and a half long. And there is plenty of action in it, and you get plenty of of um, of Donnie Yen doing what he does best, and that's just kick ass. Um, like every other film in this series, you know, you're coming here to see some spectacular fights. Um, throughout this series, you know, you've seen him take on Ten Men at once. You've seen him fight Mike Tyson. Uh, you saw him have an excellent fight. Uh, I don't know if it was two or three. I forget which one. Uh, with Sammo Hung, where they're actually having a fight uh, on, a, on a table that's actually kind of of its... Um, it's like a wobble board kind of a table almost. So it's, it's as they're fighting and going back and forth, you know, the table's kind of, you know, bobbing and weaving and looping. I mean, that's what this, that's what the series is really, really known for. You know, where Jackie Chan is really known for doing like his own stunts and doing like, like a big stunt or two in every film. Uh, I think, you know, with the Ip Man series and with Donnie Yen, you just get great martial arts action. And, you know, usually it comes down to, you know, a pretty one or two pretty memorable fights. And like I said, this, this story or this film doesn't really disappoint. Now, you know, this series is very loosely based on the life of Ip Man, who, who was real. Uh, Ip Man was a, um, you know, he was a Kung Fu master in Hong Kong. Uh, I believe before that, though, mainland China. Uh, the first film, you know, he, 
he takes on, you know, when when the Japanese during World War Two take over, uh, you know, he does fight against Japanese occupation uh, here in this film. It's the early it's like the early to mid 60s. Uh, I'm going to say I think it's about 1964. Got a few things going on here. Now, one of the one of Ip Man, uh, the real life Ip Man, one of his big claim to fame is he was one of the first instructor uh, first instructors of Bruce Lee. Um, that plays heavily in this film. Uh, in the last film, uh, in Ip Man Three, Bruce Lee does make uh, does make an appearance, and the same actor, uh, Danny Chan, who really does look a lot like Bruce Lee, and is really, I mean, I think. I think, you know, he, he probably started his career off as a Bruce Lee impersonator because he's really got it down. The mannerisms, the speech patterns, you know, the fighting. Um, you know, he he makes a pretty big appearance in this film as well. Uh, basically, you know, like I said, this is Ip Man for the finale. This is the last film in the series. Um, you know, we find out at the end of the movie uh, that the real Ip Man died in 71 or 72 of throat cancer. And that's where we start off. We start off with him, uh, I believe, at the end of the last film. Uh, his wife of many, many years does pass away. So what we get here is he's dealing with that and he's dealing with the fact that his doctors are not telling him because despite the fact that this is a Kung Fu master, uh, he smokes like a chimney. Um, he has, you know, neck and throat cancer. Um, the doctor's pretty much telling him that it is very aggressive, you know, sort of saying things like, look, there's this thing called chemotherapy now. Uh, but, you know, at best, you're kind of delaying the inevitable. What are you going to do? We also get at this time, you know, that he has a, you know, he has a teenage son, uh, Ip Ching, who is, you know, the, there, you know, Ip Man did have a son named Ip Ching. Um, he's causing a lot of trouble in school. Uh, he's very rowdy and he just doesn't really respect his father or listen to his father. Uh, one of the big reasons is, you know, his big kind of beef or complaint is the fact that, you know, his father is really a renowned master and will not teach his son. And he's like, I really like it and I want to learn it. This is what I want to do. I want to do what you do. You know, you talk about, you know, spreading knowledge, you know, through through uh, the practice of, of wushu and the practice of kung fu. But you don't practice what you preach. You know, you don't you don't teach me. And, you know, we, we see a lot of um you know, and, and having raised a teenager, you know, you see a lot of the battles between the parent and the teenager where it's like, you know, I get blamed for everything. You don't respect me. And, you know, the big kind of kicker is, is if mom was here and he doesn't really get to finish that sentence because it man's just not having it. So it man decides that like a lot of other, um, a lot of other Hong Kong Chinese, he's going to send his son over to America to, to, to a school to study there. At that time when all this is happening, you know, his former student, Bruce Lee, um, dispatches one of his students. And it's, it's pretty funny here. You know, we get, you know, uh, one of his students shows up um, who's an African-American gentleman. Uh, and it's great because he's really, you know, he's got the fro. He's got the dashiki, um, you know, but he's real chill. 
And, you know, he shows up. He shows up at Ip Man's studio in Hong Kong and, you know, doesn't speak a lick of Chinese. Uh, none of the students there speak any English at all. Uh, you know, and it's great because, you know, a little exchange happens. Uh, Ip Man comes out. He, rec- uh, you know, Bruce Lee's student recognizes him, basically says, look, you know, Bruce is, complete- is competing in this in this big tournament in San Francisco. And in-, in about a month, he wants you to come. Uh, you know, he also gives him... A copy of the book, uh, you know, not Bruce Lee's book on Jeet Kune Do, uh, which he would write later. Uh, at this time, he basically, you know, broke that big taboo, Bruce Lee, by basically writing a book about Chinese martial arts in English for, you know, everybody else in the world. Um, you know, watch any film about Bruce Lee and you know that this was a sticking point with a lot of the local masters in, you know, in, in San Francisco, in, uh, Seattle and, and, you know, wherever, you know, wherever he kind of took up residence, you know, this was a really big sticking point. Uh, it man, of course, has no problem with that. Uh, but it man, I guess, you know, thinking, Hey, I just got diagnosed with cancer. I'm not going anywhere. Uh, but he does take up the offer when he decides that he's going to use that trip as, uh, you know, as a way to take a look at schools for his son because he figures he's not going to be around for much longer. He kind of wants to make sure his son is is set up and taken care of. Uh, And really what we get here is we get a lot of stuff going on. You know, we get the fact that when he shows up, um, you know, at this time, like I said, it's about 64, 65, uh, Chinese immigrants, especially out on the West Coast, are not viewed well at all. Uh, if you watch Dragon, the Bruce Lee story, uh, you know, you kind of saw the struggles that that a young Bruce Lee went through just just trying to make his way here in America. You know, like a lot of other Chinese that came over, they came over with this idea of that, you know, streets are paved with gold and everything is great. It's the land of opportunity. And even a lot of them thinking or, you know, some of them that were here currently at that time thinking, Hey, you know, our grandparents and great grandparents helped build this country. You know, uh, you know, the, 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 the rail lines that connected East Coast to West Coast. Well, who was working on them out on the West Coast? You know, it was primarily the Chinese. Um, thinking that, yeah, you know, we're, we're going to have a goal. We're going to have our golden ticket punch and everything is going to be great. Um, what we see and what it man really sees is, is that that is not the case. He has to go to uh, the Chinese Benevolent Association in um, San Francisco's Chinatown uh, because he needs the approval there of um, a man by the name of Wang Zhonghua, who is the head of this CBA, um, who basically, you know, any Chinese immigrants that come over, he he vouches for them, um, you know, writes letters of recommendations for their children to get into schools, writes letters of recommendation uh, for them to get, uh, you know, visas, green cards, you know, what have you. Um, so, you know, it man really, really needs this. However, you know, this, this Chinese Benevolent Association, uh, the board, the board of directors are all local masters and it man knows a few of them and has heard of some of the others. And of course they have heard of him. Um, but Wan Zung Ha is really sort of saying here, like, look, scratch my back. I'll scratch yours. Go tell your student Bruce to stop teaching the whiteies and, you know, really fall into line. He's really throwing this in our face. He's, he's breaking this taboo. And the man is like, he's not doing anything wrong. Um, what we get here is, um, 
what we get here is he he eventually meets up with Bruce Lee. Uh, you know, Bruce has a student that's a lawyer. He says, look, he, he could write a letter for you. Uh, it's a bit iffy. You know, he really needs, if he wants his son uh, to come here to the U.S. and study, you know, Wang Zhengha is really going to have to write the letter. He, he's the one that kind of has the say. He's vouching to the American government and everybody else concerned that, you know, any Chinese immigrant that comes over is on the up and up. You know, you don't get a letter from him. It's probably not going to work out unless, as it man finds out when he meets with the principal at the school that he's thinking of sending his son to, if you have a lot of money, that'll help out, too. Um what we get also at the same time is, uh, you know, Wang Sung-ha has a, has a younger daughter uh, by the name of Yona, and, you know, she's adjusting to life over here. You know, it looks like she's a, a first-generation, um, you know, Chinese-American trying to find her way between two different cultures. You know, her father is sort of saying, look, you know, everything Chinese, we got to stick together. You know, the white people and everybody else out there, they don't like us, so we got to look out for each other. And she's sort of like, well, yeah, I, I appreciate my culture and this and that, but I live in America and I want to do, there's things that I want to do. She doesn't want to study Tai Chi. Uh, Wang Zheng Ha is a master of Tai Chi. She doesn't want to study Tai Chi. She wants to be a cheerleader. You know, she she wants to be who she wants to be. Uh, what we get is is she gets into a conflict with a girl at her school because she beats her out for cheerleading. And... Uh, as it man is there, you know, trying to get his son into this school, he sees uh, this girl basically get a bunch of guys uh, to, to bully Yona uh, to the point that they're actually cutting her hair off, saying a lot of derogatory things. And what I want to say at this point here is, um, you know, the idea of racism is tackled really hard in this film. They kind of tackle it in a bit of an over the top way, but. The way I kind of took it is, is, is they're really kind of putting it out there. They are making it a little bit over the top, but I don't really think it was that over the top. I think, uh, especially, you know, in the sixties out on the West coast, a lot of Asians, uh, especially Chinese, I think a lot of what we heard and saw in this film, I think a lot of them did experience. Um, so on the one hand where it does really kind of seem to get in your face and be a little over the top, I think, you know, what the producer and what Donnie Yen are really trying to show you is, you know, yeah, it was really bad out there. Um, I think what they're also trying to do with this film, aside from giving us a really great martial arts film, what I think they're trying to do is also kind of talk about the current climate with, you know, immigrants because, uh, you know, we get, you hear a lot of, and we see a lot of, you know, call INS, let's get them deported. They don't belong here. Send them back. You know, uh, you hear somebody at some point saying something, we should just burn Chinatown down. Um, I think, you know, and again, while it is kind of a bit over the top at some points, I think it is actually kind of spot on. I think a lot of Chinese immigrants did experience a lot of what we see in the film. Um, you know, we're getting the racism on that end. Uh, we're also getting the racism on another end where Bruce Lee has a young student by the name of um, Hartman Wu, I believe is his name. Um, he is a, a sergeant, a staff sergeant in the United States Marine Corps, and he serves proudly. He is proud of what he does. And what he's trying to do is he's trying to implement Chinese martial arts, Kung Fu, into, you know, the training that the Marines do. Uh, there's a gunnery sergeant there. Um, 
and I actually want to look it up because uh, he was <laughs> he was actually pretty. This guy was actually pretty good. Um, yeah, it's Gunnery Sergeant uh, Geddes. Uh, Barton Geddes is his name. He's uh, played by a guy by the name of Scott Atkins, and I looked it up. You know, Scott Atkins stars in a lot of these martial arts films. Um, he actually starred in the second and third Undisputed um, films. He played Ivan the Big Russian. Um, he's a kickboxer, a savat fighter by training. Uh, his whole thing is, is hey, look, karate's where it's at. This Chinese kung fu mumbo jumbo is definitely not it. He's really opposing Hartman on on getting it so much so to the point that um, he sends his he sends his instructor Colin Freighter, um in full uniform and everything down to a Chinese festival uh, and has them has him basically take on all these masters basically trying to say that look karate is where it's at kung fu isn't anything at all. Uh, again, this is where we get Ip Man uh, Donnie Yen really doing his best you know the film starts off you, you're not seeing him do a lot you see you know a lot of the other uh you know martial artists really doing their thing and it's good but you know what i paid my money to see donnie yen and let me tell you the fight scenes that he has uh he has a fight scene with uh, wang Zhenghua, great fight scene uh you know with this karate instructor and eventually with the um with the gunnery sergeant himself uh you know it's it's really really good and you know again you're coming to this film for martial arts action and it is not going to disappoint if you've seen any of the films in this series you know what donnie yen can do and he does it again in this film um but the way this film kind of ends with you know the whole thing is, you know, his his whole style, uh, Ip Man's whole approach to everything is, is, you know, he doesn't go looking for trouble or anything, but, you know, he's the type of person, um, you know, he loves martial arts, he loves what he does, but he knows that, it, that a responsibility comes with that. And that responsibility is, is if he sees an injustice, he has to right that injustice. He has to right that wrong with his kung fu. Um, and that's what we get. And, and what we get at the end is, you know he wins. He wins the respect of of the United States Marine Corps and and you know some of the naysayers, um, and things seem to get a little bit better. It's kind of good. We don't get real preachy at the end with him delivering some big speech about racism. Uh, you know these protagonists that were shouting all these horrible racist things and doing terrible terrible things don't go well. Jeepers! I never looked at it like that or anything. You know maybe their thinking has changed a little bit. Maybe there is a little bit more respect there, but clearly we still have a ways to go. Is is kind of the tone at the end of the film. It's really more of you know. You know, Wang Sung Ha is trying to teach his daughter that, look, we don't confront anybody, you know, even if they get in your face, even if they bully you, you got to be better than that. You know, we don't want to mess around with with the Americans. You know, we got to stick with one another. And really what Ip Man says is, you know what, there comes a point where you just don't take it anymore and you do have to fight back. And I think that's a lesson that everybody kind of learns here. And like I said. You get phenomenal martial arts action. Let me tell you something. American directors and producers, fight choreographers, whatever, watch Asian cinema, you know, especially watch the work of Donnie Yen. Watch any of these films and you see some great fight scenes. Because it's really great when you watch 
a Donnie Yen film, you watch, you know, a Jet Li film, even with the wire work and everything. You watch a Jackie Chan film. You see some of the best fight choreography and some of the best fight cinematography because they don't do anything. They don't they don't do tricks. They don't speed up the camera. They don't slow down the camera. They don't overutilize excuse me, they don't overuse, overutilize slow motion. They don't use tricky camera angles to hide the fact that maybe one or both fighters are really incompetent. They get people in these films that really know how to do martial arts, but can also act. I mean, Donnie Yen on his own is a great actor and he does a great job playing Ip Man here all throughout this series. You know, it's not, and I'm not saying that as like, well, he's an action star for an action star. He's pretty, no, as an actor, he's very, very good. He also really can kick your butt because he's probably got a bajillion black belts. Um, you know, the, the, the martial artists that portray like the, the, the gunnery sergeant and, and, and the Marine, you know, karate instructor, uh, you know, maybe the Marine karate instructor, he's a little, you know, classic action kind of guy, but even the gunnery sergeant, you know what? He clearly is a martial artist. I mean, the fight between him and Donnie Yen at the end is absolutely amazing. But, you know, he's a decent actor. You know, I wasn't cringing as he was delivering his lines. He was actually not that bad. Um, so if you want to ever become a film producer, director, whatever, and you want to, you know, set up fight scenes, watch movies like this to really see how it's done. Because there's really no trick to it. There's really no science behind it it's get you know people that know what they're doing with martial arts and just film them you know don't try anything tricky don't try to do camera tricks to to make things look like they're not if you have people that really know what they're doing and can really choreograph and 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 stage out a fight well you just pull the camera back and you let them go and you film it and it's gonna look great one of the things I loved is, is at the end of this film, you know, they do a little um, sort of, you know, we kind of see it. We know that, you know, he's coming towards the end of his life. There's some things that he does, especially with his son, um, you know, and we kind of get that little blurb at the end about, you know, his life and then how, you know, later on the, the United States Marine Corps did eventually into their hand-to-hand training, you know, introduce Chinese martial arts. What we get at the end, though, and this this was this was absolutely amazing, is we get um, we kind of get a little bit of a montage of uh, really just you know the first three films, like some of the best fight scenes in the first three films. <coughs> Excuse me, and it was great. Uh, it was uh, one of the first ones they show is from it Man, the first It Man film where he takes on ten guys at once. And one of the things that struck me was, oh my god. He was so young back then, Donnie Yen. I mean, you really see the difference. Uh, you know, they show clips of, of his fight with Mike Tyson, uh, his his fight with Sam O'Hung, um, some of his sort of like bigger fights where he takes on multiple opponents at once. And it's, it's just really great. It's a really great way for this series to end. Now, here's my thing. Get Donnie Yen over here before he gets way... I mean, he's 56 years old. You know, he's no spring chicken, but he's still got a lot of life left in him. He's still got a lot of bounce in his step. Get him over here. Get him making films. Yes, he is in Mulan. I don't know what his role is there. I haven't looked at the cast list. Yes, he was in Rogue One. You know, he's he's in little things here and there. 
the guy knows how to act. The guy knows how to fight. And if you're working with an American, you know, studio production company, you know, ask him how to choreograph and, and, and shoot a fight scene and, and just let him do what he does because, it, you know, he is absolutely phenomenal. Guys, thanks for listening. Do me a favor. Head on over to Instagram. Stuff You Don't Need to Know podcast is there. I post pictures about the stuff that I talk about. Uh, put up some polls every once in a while. Uh, also, I'd just like to mention that uh, on Anchor, and I, I believe now we've spread to Pocket Cast, uh, Google Podcast, Breaker, um, Our Story, a U.S. history podcast that I do with my friend John from uh, the Nerd and Me podcast. It's out there. We got one episode up, and we're working on our next few. So, you know, please check that out. Um, our story, all one word, a, his, a U.S. history podcast. Uh, look for it on Anchor and some of the other spots where you do find podcasts. This is Jay, and I'll talk to you guys later.